When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. First and 10 at the 26-yard line. Offset back to the backfield. Cook the running back. Straight drop for Cousins. Swings it out to Cook on the right side. Got a block of the 25. Cook to the 20. Speed to the 10. Cuts left to the 5. High steps in for the touchdown. Dalvin Cook and the fireworks all reach the end zone at the same time. And a little fireworks getting the Vikings on the board. Down 7-6. to six. All right, welcome into Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Danny Cunningham for the first hour. Rami Makalov for hour number two. We've got hot routes. We've got more rankings of things because that is how it's going to go here in the offseason until we get to training camp. And also, Danny is going to ask me absurdly specific questions about the Vikings roster when we get to the end of the uh End of the first hour. I can't wait for that. It's going to be so much fun. Yes, I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, but where I want to start out is something that I said yesterday, completely off the cuff, kind of just throw it out there just to be funny, and um, we'll see where it takes us. Because Jalen Ramsey, the Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback, said he is no longer going to be giving hot takes on quarterbacks. He's just going to talk about how much he likes Nick Foles and is happy to be a Jaguar. And I'm sure that this has no connection whatsoever to him wanting a contract extension that he's going to be much more quiet in the media. So we were trying to emulate um, Jalen Ramsey and come up with the hottest quarterback takes that we possibly could. That could be defended. And what I landed on was Aaron Rodgers is washed. Which, at the first time it comes out of the mouth, feels a little weird. Like, what? okay, because, you know, it's still Aaron Rodgers and he's not super old. But I started to think about, Danny, whether this is actually a defensible take or not. Whether you could make a case that Aaron Rodgers, while not bad, is not what he used to be. And so looking at even the last... Yeah, I've been poking around, playing around with the numbers. The last four years from Aaron Rodgers, he has only averaged 7.1 yards an attempt. Which so this is, is since his last MVP? Yes. Okay. Since 2014, yes. So he's 30 and 24 and 1. Stupid one. But that, <laughs> but, but 30, 24 and 1. 
Now, he's got 112 touchdowns and only 23 picks, so he never throws picks. But part of that is he doesn't take, he hasn't take, taken the same amount of risks that he used to take earlier in his career. He's been far more conservative with the, the risks that he's willing to take. How many interceptions did he throw last year? I think it was only like two or something two. like that. It was something ridiculous because there are windows that Rodgers used to be very aggressive in attacking and very confident that he'd be able to get the ball into. And I don't think he has thought the same way. And maybe part of that was an issue with Mike McCarthy, the head coach of the Packers formerly. Maybe that'll change with Matt LaFleur running the show now in Green Bay. But maybe this is just who he is now, too. So uh, here's the comparison. He has only thrown 23 touchdowns to 112, or 23 picks to 112 touchdowns, which is outrageous. And over Mm -hmm. 16 games, that's a 33 touchdown, seven pick season. So he's not trash for sure. But (laughs) 7.1 yards per attempt and a 98 rating. Again, these are good numbers. These would be like a good Kirk Cousins season. Over 16 games over the last four years, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. 44 sacks per 16 games, which is a ton of sacks. That's like what Kirk Cousins took last year and a 98 quarterback rating. Those are all good quarterback stats. Now, let me give you the previous four years, 2011 through 2014. He averaged 8.5 yards an attempt, Way better. which is outrageous, a 112 quarterback rating, and he went 43 and 13. It's pretty good. That's from 11 to 14. And from 15 to 18, those numbers are nowhere close. That over 16 games is 40 touchdowns and seven picks. But the fact that his quarterback rating from his best years, 2011 to 14, was 112.6, and it goes down to 98 over the last four seasons, I think that you could blame some of this on the team. You could blame some of it on Mike McCarthy, but... I don't think that he has been the same player over the last couple of years. Maybe injuries have been part of that for uh, both seasons. But even before that, the two ten and 6 years in 2015 and 16, the numbers are just not as good as they used to be. Yeah, and you can point at the injuries as to a reason why you think that he could be washed in the future, too. You could look at, okay, maybe he's not going to be what he was because we've seen some evidence before he got hurt, but then you couple in the knee injury he had last year that was probably a little more significant than the Packers or him let on a, everyone to believe. And then the collarbone the year before. This guy is not the same, and he's, what, 36 now? you're going to start to see some natural decline just because he's old. That happens. I mean, Father Time's undefeated, right? I think so. But there are some other fellas who make me wonder if that's true or not, and that would be Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Um, And Manning had an unbelievable year, second to last year, when he did not win the Super Bowl, but then had a bad year when he won the Super Bowl. It's weird, but he was still old. And Tom Brady was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL Last year, and he's old, and so Rodgers has potentially five years remaining in his career, five, six, seven. I mean, who knows with quarterbacks? You can't hit them anymore, and they take great care of their bodies. But even when those guys got hurt, because both Brady Brady had a, a significant knee injury, but how old was he when that injury took place? I think Rodgers is probably a little older when he experienced these major injuries than those guys were. And I could be wrong there, but that's how I seem to remember things. No, I, I think you're right. And having two years in a row of being injured may spin the statistics the wrong it way. It catches up on you, too. Like it, it Your does, body yeah. having to go through that back-to-back years, you don't get a break. You don't get an off-season where you haven't had to deal with having to rehab yourself. You don't get a full off-season to just better yourself because you have to worry about getting back to normal first. So I'll, I'll give you this part of it, too. 
During his prime, 2000, it probably goes back even a little farther than this, but 2011 to 2014, his lowest pro football focus grade was an 86. I mean, he's got 93, 92. It's one out of a, it's one to a hundred. Yeah. Like he's getting 93s and 94s. He's unbelievable. So outrageous numbers from 2011 to 2014. Now, last year he got good grades, but you brought it up that he threw the ball away all the time because he was afraid to throw picks. But even 2015 and 2017, 77 and 79, and those are two his two worst years of his career since he became a starter, and that's two out of the last four seasons, and last year he didn't play super well. I mean, I guess what I'm thinking is how much... Should we really blame this entirely on Mike McCarthy? And how much should we be saying, you know what? Maybe the guy is just going to be a good quarterback now and not a great, unbelievable, all-time, take-over-every-game-and-win-everything quarterback. I think McCarthy deserves some of the blame, and I don't think that he would have been fired without any blame. Yeah, that's just sure. not how it works. But I also don't think it's fair to put Aaron Rodgers in the same breath as a guy like Patrick Mahomes now. He's never going to be that guy anymore. I just don't see it happening after the injuries. I don't see Aaron Rodgers going out there and throwing 50 touchdowns or whatever Patrick Mahomes' stats were last year. I don't see that coming from Aaron Rodgers again. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, because the numbers he put up, and I guess it's one of those things where you just get used to somebody being outrageously good, and you're just like, oh, yeah, he wins MVPs and stuff, and he's amazing, and that's him. But the numbers that he put up from 2011 to 2015, I just don't see any possible way that that comes back the 2011 season might be the best quarterback season in history 45 touchdowns six picks 9.2 yards an attempt led the nfl that's unreal a 122.5 quarterback rating in 2011 but now we are and and they went 15 and one that year by the way and but now we are so far removed from that version of aaron Rodgers. And he's also so far removed from the players that he had around him. On that team, he had Jordy Nelson, who is now retired, Greg Jennings, who was a quality receiver, not so much here, but there. Donald Driver was at the end of his career, but still a solid receiver. Randall Cobb, as we know, is a quality slot receiver, too. I mean, these were pretty good players, and James Jones had seven touchdowns that year, was kind of a deep threat. Um, Jermichael Finley was a solid tight end, despite the fact that he wants to throw shade at Rodgers all the time for whatever reason. I, I mean, I, I guess my point is just not like saying he's washed is too harsh. I don't clearly. know. You said it. His, but his seasons over the last four years are no better than what you would expect from Kirk Cousins this year. Yeah, that's that is a huge downgrade from what you had it's not from the, the four Aaron, years it's, before. It's not the Aaron Rodgers that we we got to watch for so many years. It's just not he's not that guy anymore. He's as as you put it, he's washed. And of course, um, people coming in with a wash Rodgers is probably better than Cousins. Well, if, I, I mean, yes, he is <laughs> because uh, you're still talking about a guy with an outrageous arm who can make big plays at big times, and it was. 2016 that he drew one up in the dirt against the Dallas Cowboys and that ruined. throw was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, so we that, know that's one of the best throws I think I've ever seen. His peak is still really good, but even like his completion percentages, it's not the greatest stat. But at his at the best of his career, it's 68 percent. Last year, it's 62, and some of this definitely has to go along with the wide receivers and and the coaching staff and everything else. I just wonder if. He's not going to make other players 
better the way that he used to. And maybe Mike McCarthy was still coaching him as the player that he once had, as opposed to the player that he presently has. I want to ask you this about Rodgers. When is the last time you watched him play and you came away from that game just blown away with how talented and how good he was? Mm. Because I was around that team for two years, and granted, Rodgers was, well, parts of two seasons. Rodgers missed a lot of it a lot of the first year with the collarbone injury, and then the knee injury hampered him the second year. But I never came away from that thinking, I just watched one of the all-time greats play quarterback. There was never a moment where I was like, I'm blown away by how talented this guy is. And I'm curious when the last time you watched a Packers game and felt Mm. like that. Because I have to think it's been a while. Maybe it was that Cowboys game in 2016 where he made that unbelievable throw down the left sideline. Maybe it was then, but it's hard for me to come up with a moment since then that's been just like blows me away with how good he is. Yeah. Um, Since I've been here... I have covered how many Aaron Rodgers Vikings games? But I also assume Probably. you watch every football game. Like oh, you watch, sure. yeah, of course. And, and every prime game that time gets all played, the time. yeah, every game that gets played every Sunday, you watch all of them <laughs> at least three times. Okay, throughout not the week not and, quite that much. If the Bucks are playing, I'm not watching. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers recently, but got, gotten to see him up close against the Vikings. 2016, Sam Bradford beat him. Mm-hmm. And 2017, they injured him. And let's see, last year he played both games and neither was good. Even really remotely good. They they got ahead. He was coming off the injury. They got ahead early, but it wasn't like Rodgers was dominating. And then he played really poorly. Uh, What what it's been is flashes. There have been flashes that I've covered. So There have been throws, you mean? Yes. Like like specific plays that you remember, but he hasn't put together a full game where you're like, Aaron Rodgers was by far the most dominant person on that field today. The game in Green Bay last year, the tie game, at the end of the half, he led an incredible drive. Yeah. And I think that they did they miss two field goals in that game too? Yeah, they missed uh, Mason Crosby, I think, missed a fifty one yarder at the end of the half or a fifty two. And then yard another one goal. that could have won the game for them. Yes. And on both drives, Rodgers was incredible. Mm-hmm. But for the whole games, he really wasn't that good. And the game here in Minnesota, he was definitely not good. And there were a few outrageous throws that were mixed in. But it was not a guy just willing his team to win or making throw after throw after throw after throw. And I guess where this brings me to is I've seen a few people with the expectation that the Green Bay Packers will be amazing on offense because of Matt LaFleur. I've seen others who have some big questions about Aaron Rodgers making changes this late in his career. I could think of one example, though, that might be similar and this is one that Vikings fans would just like not want to hear. So let me get this. Oh, this should be numbers. good. Yeah, I know. So toward the, about the same point in his career, John Elway was having some struggles. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get them over the top. Was basically playing like a 500 quarterback early 90s. And then Mike Shanahan got hired in Denver. Changed the offense. Went to a West Coast offense where it didn't rely as much on John Elway doing everything. And now, of course, the team was great, too. So that's a big part of it. They had the one of the all-time great running backs, good defense, great wide receivers, McCaffrey and Rod Smith. But over the final three seasons, age 36, 37, and 38, Elway went 35 and 8 over those 
and I, I would give you the numbers, but they don't make sense toward today's numbers. So do you think rating. we're going to see but, a, a renaissance of Aaron Rodgers, much like that of John Elway in the late 90s? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And if people have a thought on this, feel free to chime in. 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. Are you thinking that Rodgers with Matt LaFleur all of a sudden has the renaissance like... Uh, John Elway had toward the end of his career. And I think it's fair to put those two in a similar category for how great of all-time quarterbacks they've been. Or do you think that the hot take that Rodgers might be kind of washed and will never be this good again could actually be right? Well, do you think also that the the Broncos of that era had better personnel surrounding Elway than the Packers do with Rodgers? That's they, a, they did. a legitimate question as well. I don't know how talented this Green Bay team actually is. I mean, I know they added some guys on defense on the defensive side of the ball, and they really couldn't have gotten much worse from where they were at defensively. But I just I don't know that they've got everything they need offensively to help Rodgers at this point in his in his career. Bobby Brister was the backup quarterback in '98 for Denver. For everyone who loves journeyman quarterbacks, by the way. But you're right. In '98, Terrell Davis ran for 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns. So that helped. Not a bad year. That certainly helped. Rod Smith had 86 catches. Ed McCaffrey was great. Shannon Sharp is an all-time great player. Certainly, the Denver Broncos had a way better offense around John Elway, which actually kind of boggles the mind a little bit. It's very similar to what the Vikings did, where the Packers went and added defense and did not add a lot of players around Aaron Rodgers on offense, and they're relying entirely on on it being Mike McCarthy's fault and Matt LaFleur fixing everything. I don't I don't really understand that. I mean, if you're living in reality and you look at the last four years, this is no longer a quarterback, although you would still put him in the top ten, but it's no longer a quarterback that you could say is clearly number one and can just carry you to success. No problem. All answers are all questions are answered by Aaron Rodgers' greatness. I don't think that he's that guy anymore. And if that's the expectation that they have in not adding a ton around him this offseason in terms of offensive weapons, then I think that the Vikings should be happy and they're probably going to beat Aaron Rodgers at least one out of the two and maybe both times again. Yeah, I think that that's something that you have to expect if you're the Vikings. You have to expect to to find a way to beat them, if not once, twice. Oh, I know it. I know the time that I saw Aaron Rodgers be ridiculous. Let's hear it. When was it? In Green Bay against the Vikings week 16, 2016, he went absolutely bazonkers against a Vikings defense that decided they were not going to follow what their coach wanted. And uh, I'll, I'll get you before we go to break. I'll, I'll get you the stats on that because he went completely off. He was making every throw in the entire world. He went 28 for 38 with four touchdowns, 347 yards, and 136 quarterback rating. It's not bad. Yeah, that was that was the last time. That was the last time I've seen Rodgers and thought, wow, that was unbelievable. But that's a couple of injuries later now going into 2019. So feel free to give in your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers and what you expect from him this season. 651-646-8255. We've got somebody out there ranking stuff, Danny. And when people are ranking stuff, we've got to take a closer look. Only way to do it. Running backs this time. Let's take uh, a look at Maurice Jones-Drews. Maurice jones Yeah. You got it right. He Wasn't he Drew Jones first and then it went to Jones-Drew? Not that I remember. 
I swear this happened. Now, you would know this, Jonathan, as a Madden player. I think in his first Madden, he was Maurice Drew Jones, and then it switched to Jones Drew. No, I think it's always been Jones Drew. I'm going to find this. All right. Well, anyway, he works for NFL Network now. I mean, his last name is hyphenated Jones Drew. I don't know how that I would know, change. I know, but I think it was I think it, on the his original. His nickname was Madden. MJD. I'm telling you, I think that this changed. He's never MDJ. Someone needs to confirm this for me. All right. Well, we're going to talk about. I think we just tried to MJD's core, uh, running back rankings when we return here on Purple Daily. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. From the 16 of New York, first down goal to go. Valdez Scantling wide to the left side of MBS. Jake Kumro split to the right. Standing up on the right side of the line is Jimmy Graham, the tight end. Rodgers in the shotgun. Williams to his left. Here's the snap. Rodgers clean pocket. Throws the middle of the end. couple of responses to the Aaron Rodgers conversation from Ryan. Don't go poking that bear. Well, I don't know if Aaron listens. He might. I mean, he listens. He listens. Generally aware of what's being said about I him. Think, I think Aaron has a Score North app. I mean, do you think he gets his podcasts like in many different places and all of those have do Score you, North available? Do you think Aaron is more of an Apple podcast or a Spotify guy? Where, where do you um, think he downloads you know Purple what? Daily from? I think he's an Alexa guy. And if you just say play Score North to Alexa, that's all that Aaron has to do. And then it can just play Score North and he can listen. I think when he's on the go, he's definitely a Score North app guy. He definitely downloaded that from the Apple store. But you know, he's the right age where he might just have on his PC ScoreNorth.com. He could. And he listens to the show. To get intel on what is going on with the Vikings. Um, anyway, so Ryan said uh, he's been hurt the past two seasons. He's going to be ticked off and want to silence the doubters, which might be me. I think you said he was washed. So yeah, washed you're going is to way too aggressive. You said but... it, not me. So I, I would think that you uh, you qualify as a doubter if you called him washed. What's up, I think Jonathan? I think well, I am you a also did, Danny. You also did say you can't put him in the Patrick Mahomes category. Patrick Mahomes just won the MVP. I know, but Aaron Rodgers has not been an MVP for four years. So no, say if you're going to say Matthew's the one who's saying that he's washed, you're also the one saying he's not the same as a third year quarterback. I'm saying he's not the best quarterback. Wash is still good for him, but it's not great. All I said was he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, which is washed by his standard because he was easily the best quarterback in the NFL, maybe the greatest of all time from 2011 to 2014. All I know is you said washed. I did say washed. I just said he wasn't. You know what? I'm not even going to try and explain it anymore. Rodgers is washed, and if you want to, so can you just tweet out? Can you just tweet out from at Matthew Collar? I did. I tweeted out the no. Just tweet the poll. Aaron Rodgers is washed. I already did this. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Aaron Rodgers washed. Anybody? Um, The other one was uh, from Eric. Said thanks for reverse jinxing Aaron Jones into eighteen hundred yards from scrimmage. So I mean, (laughs) that would be quite the irony if he was washed, but Aaron Jones became Terrell Davis and ran for uh, eighteen hundred yards. 
yards, and they beat the Vikings by running it down their throat like it was 1994 again. Um, so feel free to weigh in on that. Every day here, I am discovering some new ranking from someone who writes or thinks or talks about football. I have not yet been able to confirm that on a Madden game, he was Maurice Drew Jones. But I I am certain this happened when he was a rookie. I don't know. Uh, no one has been able to confirm it yet. I need a big Madden player to tweet me at Matthew Collar and tell me that this was a real thing. But anyway, Maurice Jones-Drew now works for NFL Network, used to be a running back. So naturally, he has ranked running backs in the NFL. Seems like a good fit. I'm going to give them to you, and you tell me when to stop, when you disagree. Saquon Barkley, number one. Elvin Kamara, number two. I'm Michael Elvin, number one. I don't know. Saquon's been in the league for one year. We're already calling him the best. He had 91 catches last year and five yards a carry. Elvin, what did Elvin Kamara do having to split time? Saquon Barkley had the show to himself. If Elvin Kamara didn't have Mark Ingram last year, what would his numbers have looked like? I mean, he was suspended for a few games last year. Um, not Kamara, uh, but uh, Ingram. Yeah, no, his numbers would and be probably better. And his numbers in the, the, the first four weeks in which Ingram were out were off the charts. Yeah. He, he was, if we're talking in terms of like fantasy points, yeah. he was the best fantasy player in the league because of just how often he got the ball when Ingram was on the sidelines. 81 catches last year for Alvin Kamara. I would put okay. him number one. I would probably still go Saquon Barkley because he can do what old school running backs used to do, which is carry the ball 20 times a game, and he might have to do that. Sure. This year with the New York Giants. So, okay, either or. Kamara's very good. Um, Le'Veon Bell, number three. It's tough because he had a year off. Yeah. And and we're we're hoping, or at least Maurice Jones-Drew is in this ranking, that he's going to pick up right where he left off, which at that point, number three, I think, would be a very fair ranking. But he hasn't played in two years. How did he play before? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. Like, was he? Did he start to fall off already? I mean, in bit. 2017, he had almost 1,300 yards, 85 catches. Yeah, okay, so he didn't He didn't. Fall. 11 total touchdowns. 406 total touches in 2017. No wonder the guy wanted to get paid. I would put Ezekiel Elliott above Le'Veon Bell, probably myself. And then the next one, Christian McCaffrey, is really interesting because McCaffrey had over 100 catches mm-hmm. last year. Which kind of makes him, is he really a running back at that point? How many if carries did he have? Catching he over 100 up? balls? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up here. McCaffrey is a really interesting player because I think he's more along the lines of what I'd love to see the Vikings. Yeah, he ran for over 1,000 yards, too. He was their whole offense. How much of that is is part of the reason because Cam Newton didn't have a, sh- a shoulder? He couldn't yeah. throw down the field. Down, yeah. Like how, oft, how, how much of that factors into McCaffrey having over 100 catches? Is that, oh, well... We have a quarterback that can't really throw the ball more than 25 yards in the air, so we're going to be throwing it to the running back more often than not, yeah. just out of necessity. But he was great at it. I mean, oh, I'm not trying to take away anything. I'm just trying to. The numbers, I'm trying yeah. to figure out how the numbers got that high, and if if something somewhere else led to that. Well, he still averaged five yards a run too. Yeah, he's so, really good. I'm man, but you're you're probably right that a lot of their checkdowns were partly. Why he put up over 100 catches. Like if Cam Newton were Cam Newton, a healthy version of Cam Newton, I don't think Christian McCaffrey would have had as many opportunities. And that's through no fault of his own. But I think the 100 catches is probably a bit of a product of the environment he was in with Newton's shoulder injury. Yeah, it was efficient for them. So I don't expect that they're going to stop doing it. 8.1 yards a catch for a running back is closing in on wide receiver numbers right there. Todd Gurley is next at six. 
Is this healthy Todd Gurley or is this arthritic knee Todd Gurley? That's a great question. And that, I mean, that hinges where you would have to rank him, right? If he's not healthy, if he's the guy that we saw towards the end of the year last year, you can't have him at number six. They couldn't give him the ball last year. But this list really shows you there's a lot of great running backs yeah. in the NFL. Melvin Gordon is next, the guy no one ever talks about but is really good. He's seventh. Joe Mixon is an interesting one at eight. He was the controversial, if you will, uh, running back that came out of the draft. But when you go to Cincinnati, everyone goes like, okay, well, forget about him. Well, you're right no, you're Joe this. Pac-Man Jones. But he was actually really, really good mm-hmm. last year, Joe Mixon. And he's ranked ninth and, or uh, eighth. Ninth is Nick Chubb, who had to kind of be given the job after not starting the season somehow last year in Cleveland. I, well, I mean... It, it, Hugh Jackson didn't want to give him the ball. Todd Haley didn't want to give him the ball. Those two guys <laughs> got fired. And then from that point on, Nick Chubb was one of the three or four best running backs from week eight or week nine. I forget which week that those two got fired in Cleveland. From that point on, he was unbelievable. And he did have to share a bit of the load with uh, with Carlos Hyde early on. And they still had Duke Johnson. And this year, he's going to have everything to himself. I, we don't know what the Duke Johnson situation is going to be in Cleveland. He's asked for a trade. They haven't dealt him. He was at minicamp, but it's an awkward situation there. And they've got Kareem Hunt. Again, questionable characters. We bring up Joe Mixon at number eight before him. Kareem Hunt's suspended for the first eight games. So you have to think... Even if Duke Johnson's not in the picture, Nick Chubb's going to be a workhorse for the first eight games of the year. But it also brings into question, Cleveland should have one of the best passing attacks in the league with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and David Njoku. So you don't know how much production you're going to get out of him just because that offense seems to be absolutely loaded. Um, And that's my Browns minute for the day. That is your Browns minute. I, I know, I got a little caught up in that. I was like... Danny, are you excited about the Browns? They're going to be so good on offense. <laughs> they they have so much they have so much potential to just have an incredibly explosive offense with all the weapons that they have. Now, number 10 is Delvin Cook. And this is a hard one because we just don't fully know how good Delvin Cook can be or whether he can stay healthy. Can I say something here? Because I feel like this is the breaking point in this list. I feel like maybe after 10 or after 11, I feel as if there is a a pretty significant drop-off in terms of talent. Like This seems to be, Delvin Cook is probably on the edge here. And it's interesting that Kareem Hunt's not listed, at least not in the top 10, because he's a top 10 talent, I would have to think. But but the but suspension, suspension and everything yeah. and being cut from the Chiefs all goes into it. But I think I feel as if he's one that got forgotten here. But it feels as if this is a a pretty significant drop off in talent, either right around where mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook is after after it. It's it, it's hard to be like that guy should be high. No, they shouldn't be higher. Yeah, there, you're right that there is the best of the best, top third of the league, and those guys are all really good in the centerpieces of their offense. And this is why this is actually, of all the lists that we see, and some are very poor and preposterous. You mean you didn't like Chris Sims' quarterback <laughs> rankings? Putting Tom Brady ninth is just like, yeah, okay. All right, You guys. called Aaron Rodgers washed. I did call Aaron Rodgers washed because his numbers have dropped off massively since his peak. Call them washed. But Brady is ninth. Yeah, well, I guess what I'm not calling washed. Brady, after he just won the Super Bowl again. Um, but w- w- with Delvin Cook, you're right that after him, there's a lot of guys who are good, not great, or rotational-type players. And Cook has every bit of the talent of all these guys that we've brought up. I think he's just as good or better than Mixon, just as good or better than Gordon. He's very similar to Todd Gurley in talent. And then probably... 
these top couple are a little bit above him. I, I would say that Barkley, Kamara, Bell, Elliott, and McCaffrey, because of McCaffrey's receiving ability, he could play slot receiver. I, I yeah. think he's better overall, more valuable. But then you have the potential with Delvin Cook to be right there on the fringe of being a top five running back. And this just tells you, and it makes it kind of interesting for me with the Vikings offense that so much of what we talk about will be Kirk Cousins and whether he wins games. And from the way he talked at minicamp, he's aware of that, that um, he's going to be judged by whether they go 10 and six or eight and eight, even though the difference between those two are are not necessarily huge. I think it's going to depend so much on Delvin cook though, because it's not just about running Delvin cook and having him perform um, at the level he can, which was near five yards a carry for his first two seasons when he was in but the receiving part of it was underutilized a lot by John Filippo, and in part because he was in and out of the lineup. They were trying to have him on a pitch count, which was a really bad idea. And I did an article last week or two weeks ago about what his potential ceiling could be, and it puts him right outside that top five. So I think Jones-Drew has it right. But, man, it makes me think if... Delvin Cook is healthy. This is a playoff team. And if he's not, I have no idea what's going to happen to this and, offense. And the last part you brought up is the most important part. And MJD, at the end of his little blurb that he has for Delvin Cook, in all caps and italics, he says, if he can stay healthy, yep. because that's the most important battle here. It's hard for me to put him above number 10 when he hasn't consistently been able to stay on the field. You bring up the pitch count, which was probably a bad idea, and you the hamstring injuries that he's had. You can't count on this guy to stay healthy, so until that's the case, you can't put him any higher than 10. I think that he's got all the talent in the world to be a top five, six, seven, whatever you want to say running back, but the best ability is availability, and he hasn't shown that so far, and that matters to an extent. Are you getting ready for preseason? I'm trying to like like work in the cliches slowly. We yeah. still have a month until training yeah, camp. Yeah, get ramped up. Get ramped but, up. You know, the off-season, really, you can never sleep. You can never take a full day off. You have to still try and keep your groove a little bit, so if I can slip one thing in coach speak <laughs> in here or there, I think I'll be in pretty good shape when we really just torque it up to a hundred for training. Yeah. So you're saying like when you run a marathon, you got to start with jogging and then work your way up to running and run a couple miles and more each day. So more coaching cliches each day from you. Yeah. I'm just, just trying to stay in somewhat shape. I don't want to be rusty when training camp gets here. You want to come into into camp in shape. So here's the interesting part about this list of running backs though, that you mentioned and you're totally right to say that there's a big cutoff after 10. You have the elite all-around talents that are just difference makers and then everybody else. But when I look at everybody else and I go through this list, there are a lot of guys who at one time would have made their way into the top 10. Lamar Miller is one of them from Houston. Devontae Freeman is another guy that has been listed as you know up there before. Mark Ingram probably at one point was a five-yard-to-carry guy. David Johnson at one point is really good. And a lot of these guys, they get a little bit older. LaShawn McCoy, they have the injuries happen. Adrian Peterson is 19th on this list, by I the mean, way. I mean, look at Leonard Fournette at 16. There's no way Leonard Fournette should be that low. Yeah, but he has just hasn't been that great. But like when you look at him, you're like, that guy should be yeah. one of the three yeah. best running backs in the NFL. That's I'm not saying like this is a an inaccurate ranking because I don't yep. feel it is, but if you look at him and and what he was supposed to be, he should have been what he should have been. I mean, what Saquon Barkley was, mm-hmm. right? That's what we expected him to be when the Jags drafted him. What fourth overall it was? It's a uh, fascinating um, look at 
kind of the position now because you look at um, someone like Tennessee last season and they've got Derrick Henry and Dion Lewis. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, uh, Dion Lewis. Am I right? Uh, but you can do better. I don't know. Can I do better with Dion Lewis and Derrick Henry? Just calling him Dion Lewis would have sufficed. Oh, okay. I, I like. I hey, like, training I like camp's that. still a month uh, yeah. away. You got to try and got to get my pun game going. See, I I like Dion Lewis. Could have used a better offseason. Anyway, um, so you look at what they got out of their running back position last year. They got a thousand yards rushing from Henry, another five hundred yards rushing from Lewis, fifty nine catches from Lewis, and another fifteen from Henry. Having this tandem, they were able to get a pretty good amount of yards per touch from these two guys. And uh, Lewis was not a great runner, but it was a, a pretty solid receiver out of the backfield. And probably with a better quarterback, does even a little better. As a team, adding in a little Marcus Mariota rushing, they were over 2,000 yards on the ground last year. And then picking up 65 more catches out of these two running backs. It's just, it, it makes you wonder about um, whether. Delvin Cook is going to be one of those guys that you just invest in and pay because that conversation is coming too. It isn't just about whether Delvin Cook can carry your offense, but whether he can carry the offense and then get paid to do it because he's only been in the league a couple years now, but the the contract ain't that far away because he was a second-round pick. I don't think you can pay him. I really don't because he hasn't been able to Even if he stays healthy all year? Yeah, because you can find... it's The running back position is one of the easier positions to find an elite level talent. We went through the top 10 and you're like, oh, all these guys are really elite. That's a third of the league having elite level talent. If you're yeah. the Vikings, you shouldn't have that much of a difficulty finding that. It's not like quarterback where there are maybe four or five elite quarterbacks that you would love to have and you would pay. But this is running back where the shelf life isn't very long, where you shouldn't have an issue finding them. And the number one guy is going into a second year in Saquon Barkley. It's not only as if it's it shouldn't be that hard to find. It's these guys can make a huge impact day one because of how easy the transition is there. So he's not someone I would want to pay. I wouldn't want to invest in, especially with the cap situation that the Vikings are facing. Use that money elsewhere because you're going to need it where you can get another running back on a rookie contract. And realistically, there shouldn't be that big of a drop-off, if at all. 651 is the phone number. Delvin Cook ranked 10th by Maurice Jones-Drew on NFL.com among running backs. And uh, it makes me think, does it all depend on him in terms of the offense and what he does this year? Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, Rock Thomas, Amir Abdullah. I don't know what to expect from at least three out of the four of those guys. 651-646-8255 from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We will take a break and return here on Purple Daily. So now first and goal. But that exchange cost Minnesota a timeout. Cousins throws as he backpedals for the touchdown of Diggs. All right, we are back here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar, Danny Cunningham. Hot routes coming up in about 15 minutes. Guess uh, something just went awry with this headphone that is now dangling off of my body. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's a broken one right there. Yep. Anyway, so how do you uh, break a headphone? I have no idea what well, just happened there, this. but did I? I don't know. 
Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, if you want to chime in on the conversation about either where Delvin Cook should rank among running backs, because I think it is a difficult one to figure out, but he's got potential to be in the top 10, or whether Aaron Rodgers is washed. I want to take a look at the um, results now for the poll. I half-jokingly said that Aaron Rodgers is now washed. Did you fix it? No, it's broke. Yeah, it's broke. Um, So here's what I put, that I attempted to come up with the... Hottest quarterback take in the universe that could be defended in some way. And that's how I landed with Aaron Rodgers is washed. And I put, is it super crazy, only a little crazy, and just stop it are the three options. So almost 400 votes. 13% say super crazy. 68 say only a little crazy. And 19 want me to just stop. So that means people agree with you for the most part, right? Yeah, that it's really not that crazy to say that Aaron Rodgers is just not the same quarterback, and I'm not sure that he ever will be again. And if you're going to tell me that a couple of decent receivers or less uh, in Green Bay, because they don't have anybody, I don't think, that is elite as a wide receiver outside of Devontae Adams. He's or, really good. But or, or even under the category of good or proven. I think they're probably pretty high on two of the three rookies that they had last year in Equinemius St. Brown and uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Scantling. Yes. I think they're pretty high on those two. But are they really going to become top-notch wide receivers? They're we still don't be, know yet. Jimmy Graham's still bad. Top-notch, but I think they'll be serviceable guys. The offensive line is not what it used to be. When they Correct. had T.J. Lang there, a couple other guys, they were really, really good on the offensive line. Now they're not. However, David Bakhtiari can drink beer. We learned that this offseason. And block Everson Griffin and hold Everson Griffin, if you ask Mike Zimmer, as he mentions every time the Vikings play the Packers. But if you've got a thought on that about... If, he, if Aaron Rodgers is ever going to get back to where he was, I tend to think the answer is no at this point, that he's going to be very good. But over the last four years, that's all he's been, is just good and not great. Uh, 651-646-8255 is the number. Now, I had something else I wanted to ask you. Oh, um, ESPN put out a piece answering all the questions from the AFC East, and I wanted to go through this because why not? Um, the AFC East is never interesting or good. Yeah. Ever in the history of the entire world. It's never good. It has not been good in any way since the Bills and Dolphins were playing against each other in a rivalry in the early 90s. And since then, it's just Wait, that, been... That was before the divisions were realigned. Yeah. Yep. I think that's when need, Indy was still in the AFC. We East, need to I look think. at we need to look at the AFC East post division alignment when I, when the it's, AFC it's North was introduced. Yeah, it's all Patriots. And uh, when was that? What year? Do you know? Um, like late nineties, maybe. That was the uh, yeah. It was the late nineties. Hang on, let me uh, let me figure this out real. Well, quick. anyway, my, talk, talk about th- this throughout stuff. my entire adulthood, it has been completely uninteresting to talk about the AFC East. And this year, I think it is interesting to talk about the AFC East, but not because of who's going to win it, but more, is there anybody who can emerge as the budding team from the AFC East at some point? It was 0-2 when the Texans were introduced into the NFL. Okay, so the entire uh, time has been just Patriots. And, all right, so I'm going to give you some of these questions from the AFC East. We've got hot routes coming up at 3 here. Rami will be in as well. Um, can the Bills decision makers survive missing the playoffs in 2019, Danny? Do you think that the Bills would fire their coach and general manager if they miss the playoffs again? I have no idea, but I can also tell you <laughs> that they're not going to make the playoffs. So, 
if if no, that's not. if no, that's the not. case, if they're expecting to make the playoffs, I would recommend that their leadership start looking for houses elsewhere. So I think that they'll get one more year after this, no matter what. But they spent a lot in the off season, and here's the issue, though: they drafted a quarterback that, if he becomes great, okay, fine, um, then he will. But the odds of him becoming great are so incredibly low. When you draft a guy that was not even really good at Wyoming, the odds of him becoming great are super low. And you got to pay for that. Mm -hmm. If you're the general manager, that's on you. You didn't pick the can't-miss quarterback and then you got unlucky. Or you didn't put the guy in a bad situation like Tim Couch or David Carr where they never had a chance from the very beginning to succeed and then got injured. They've picked up receivers. They've picked up offensive linemen. They have the highest paid center in the NFL, I believe, in Mitch Morse. So if um, Josh Allen still cannot process or throw accurately on a consistent basis, I mean, that's on you. That's on the general manager. And you probably are looking at being on the hot seat after this year. Um, the next question, this is from ESPN's looking at the AFC East, which it finally can be mildly interesting. Uh, Josh Rosen, can he keep the Dolphins from drafting a quarterback in 2020? What do you think of that one? No, I think that that team is set up to to finish with three wins or less, and I think that it might not be the wisest thing for them to draft a quarterback, but he's got what? This is the final year in his contract, right? Uh, I think he's got... Or, no, he was a rookie last year, so he's got a while. He's got three more years. Then maybe this year, but I think within the next two years they're drafting a quarterback. Maybe it's maybe they're not drafting Tua Tungo Viola from Alabama this year. Maybe it's Trevor Lawrence from Trevor Lawrence from Clemson next year. I think what you do if you're the Dolphins is you let Ryan Fitzpatrick win the job, so there's not the ton of pressure on Josh Rosen from the beginning. You bench Ryan Fitzpatrick after four weeks because he will be Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then over the final, yeah, he could be Fitzmagic. Okay, so he might give you six weeks, is what you're saying. Yeah, I have been through the Fitzmagic before. Um, so then he, let's say he comes in, Josh Rosen, and plays twelve weeks. Well, you're going to be able to evaluate that not just based on how many wins you get because that team is not going to win no matter what. Yeah, They don't have great weapons. They don't have a great offensive line. Their best pass blocker outside of Laramie Tunsil left in free agency. It's not a great situation. But if he shows improvement from last year, he was horrendous with Arizona, and they were awful. And, and, there, and there's no way to judge that. There have been way too many good quarterbacks who have struggled as rookies to say, oh, yeah, he's definitely not good. Um, but if he gets 12 starts this year and is still super, super bad, then you've got to draft somebody else. I, I don't think they have any other option. I, it entirely depends on him. If I were to guess, I think they are picking number one and drafting a quarterback in 2020. Would you rather do it now or would you rather ra- wait for Trevor Lawrence? Because that's that's something that does need to be pondered as well. You can't. It, you have to be able to forecast the next couple of drafts. It, it can't be all about one year's draft. You, If you're the Dolphins, where you're in a position where you're not actively trying to win games this year, you're probably not going to be trying to win games next year as well. You're looking at 2021 or 2022 as the next time you might realistically be competitive. Maybe having Trevor Lawrence there instead makes more sense than Tua Tungo Viola if you're not super high on him. It does, except for if you're their management uh, or you're their coaching staff, I mean, oh yeah, those guys are you know, screwed. You're just 
you're kind of dead in the water right now. And unless you really can work a, a miracle or something, you are in really, really tough shape. The Dolphins would not be high on my list of teams I would like to be the general manager of. No, I agree. Uh, next one from this ESPN piece about the AFC East. And this does make it mildly interesting, though I don't think that any of the teams can chase them down for the Patriots. But Brady without Rob Gronkowski is something to think about. It has been a long time. Now, there have been sections of seasons where he hasn't had Gronk, and he's certainly gotten through it. But it has been a long time since Brady has not had Gronk. And I think, maybe this is a hot take for you, that Gronkowski is one of the greatest players to ever step on a football field. Yeah. Like, I think I would put him in the top 25 players ever. How many players, in a similar way that Randy Moss was just way better than everybody else at wide receiver, how many tight ends in the history of the game are better than Rob Gronkowski? The answer might be zero. Yeah, that's that's a very fair answer. I'm, I can't name a tight end off the top of my head that I know is definitively better than Gronk. I just, I can't do it. I can't say Tony Gonzalez. I can't say Antonio Gates. Those guys did it longer, sure, which... They couldn't block like him, though. It, you're right. They weren't, and they they weren't the same freak athlete. Antonio Gates was a great athlete, terrific athlete, but he wasn't Gronk. No, the size, the mass, the fact that he could run after catch and run people over, and what you saw last year when Gronk was kind of slowing down a little because of the injuries, they used him as a blocker all the time. And he's unbelievable. Now you look at his Pro Football Focus grades as a blocker, and if he had only been a blocker, he would have been one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And instead, he's also a deep threat and a do-it-all guy. Last year, how about against Kansas City? They line him up outside as a receiver. They get a mismatch, come up with a big play. I do think that this hurts Tom Brady. It doesn't help, that's for sure. (laughs) No, it does not. But how much? How many wins? Is that one fewer win? So they go ten and six instead of eleven and five. It's hard to two, forecast two because that division's so bad. I think that yeah. there are three bad teams in that division. They should win six games automatically just for being in the AFC East, right? So maybe maybe they go ten and six instead of eleven and five. But I can't see them it costing them that severely because. They get to play the Jets twice. Yeah. They get to play the Bills twice. They get the Dolphins twice. Like, I saw they have like the easiest schedule in the NFL. Because it, of that. it makes sense because of that, yeah. Man. Division's garbage. That division if is only a, something would break Tom Brady's way. That division is washed. <laughs> that, it is. It is. But there's you know, there is at least two teams that have the potential for big growth, though, in Buffalo and the New York Jets. The final team here and the final question from ESPN. Sam Darnold, can he make the year two improvement of Goff, Trubisky, and Wentz? You are not a Darnold believer. No, I think he throws too many interceptions. That was the story at USC. Typically, when you see guys in college that struggle with picks, they don't get better at it. They don't suddenly become more accurate when they get into the NFL. I never understood why everyone was quite as high on Darnold as they are because he's got these accuracy issues. And when things get, windows get smaller in the NFL than they were in the Pac 12. Defenders get better in the NFL than they were in the Pac-12. Everything gets more difficult in the NFL than it was in the Pac-12. Why are we expecting this guy to suddenly be awesome in the NFL when he really wasn't all that great at USC? So the way that I look at Darnold is the interceptions, the turnovers are definitely an issue. The high-end stuff that he can do, the big-time throws, if you will, the tight window throws that he does make, 
are really spectacular. Josh Allen makes those same throws, and we don't talk about it. Some people do, but Josh Allen can make all those same yeah, throws. He throws it very far. Yes, he's got a rocket arm, as they like to say. Maybe Josh Allen doesn't do it at quite the frequency of Darnold. It's probably a little bit less, but they've got similar problems, and even Josh Allen's a better athlete than Sam Darnold is, too. Yeah, I, I think I believe in Sam Darnold more than Josh Allen. I do, too, but I don't. I don't think either of them are going to be very good quarterbacks in the NFL. I know my hot take yesterday was that by year three or year four, Sam Darnold will be off the New York Jets because he just won't be good enough and they'll be looking for another quarterback. Well, it's certain, it's not a crazy take because when you look back at some of the great quarterback classes in history, there's always, out of four or five, there's always two or three guys that just end up doing nothing and their teams eventually have to move on from that. How many quarterbacks do we really think are going to be all that good from that class? I, Baker Mayfield has proven so far that he's good, but he's still going into his second year. Lamar's he, tough to figure out. Lamar's tough to figure out in part because of the offense that they had in Baltimore. There are questions about his throwing ability. He's a terrific athlete, by far the best athlete that came out of the, the quarterback part of that draft, but you don't know what he's going to be as a quarterback for the rest of the for the rest of his career, in part because health is going to come into question if he's running as often as he did last year in Baltimore. Sam Darnold needs to improve. Josh Allen needs to improve. Josh Rosen was terrible. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of questions. I think you can say that at least three, if not four of the quarterbacks in last year's class weren't very good. Yeah, I just it's always hard for me to figure out after one year. And I think when I looked just now at Darnold's college numbers, they would tell you, I think... Um, not a lot about whether he's going to be great. They weren't like so good like Baker Mayfield's where, okay, if he's got the other NFL prospect things, then you're pretty sure he's going to be good. Or with Josh Allen, it's going to take a miracle for this guy to be good if you weren't even dominating at Wyoming. They're kind of in the middle. I mean, he, 13 picks is a lot for a college quarterback. For, but for a guy that's supposed to be going... You know, top five in the draft and was essentially playing in a pro style system. You can nitpick Baker's numbers, and I know Baker's numbers were far better in college, but he also didn't exactly play in an NFL system. So if you want to tear apart his numbers, that's how you do it. You're like, okay, well, he wasn't, they weren't using the same type of plays he's going to be using with the Browns or whoever would have drafted him last year. It's going to be a much different system. There's going to be an adjustment. That's how you could have torn him down, where with Sam Darnold, they were doing a lot of things at USC that they were doing with the Jets or that they would have been doing with any other organization if the Browns would have picked them number one or the Cardinals would have picked them if he had fallen there. So you can make the case that he didn't do these things well and he's expected to do the same things but better in the NFL and it doesn't make sense. Well, we will see. That we will. We will see. If your hot take on uh, Sam Darnold, who's washed, according to you, can you be washed if you were <laughs> no, never good you, though? That's no, the thing. Can't. Like you're just No, I just wanted to say washed since we were saying washed. The AFC East is washed. The AFC East has been washed S- since, since uh, uh, the Music City Miracle. Since realignment, there have been two seasons that the Patriots did not win the division. Can you name them? There was Re- the realignment um, was 02. One where he got hurt and they still went 11 and 5 that would have been what uh 2008 yes 2008 the Miami Dolphins won the division at 11 and 5 i believe they had the tiebreaker over the patriots thus giving them the division crown the other one can you name it uh was it the the jets won one the jets did win one in do we have to go back a ways here we have to go back a ways so like 2003 2002 2002 Patriots uh, had a bit of a Super Bowl hangover after yeah, knocking off the Rams right. they did not win the AFC East that next division it was the first year that the division was aligned this way all right well we'll come back and it is everyone's favorite segment of the day hot routes Rami is in as well when we return here on purple daily 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.